0: Hey
1: everybody, welcome to the Monday night edition of Quite Frankly. Feels good to have you back. It is the 18th day of December. This is considered Christmas week, I had to imagine, because Christmas Eve is on Sunday. Obviously that's the first day of the new week, but you know, you know how we, we all see it. It's all part of this week. This is the last real full work week, and we will be working throughout the week. Today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and let me tell you a little bit what I've got planned this week. Well, tonight we're going to do a, just a little bit of news, and I also just want to open up the lines, and I want to talk, I don't know, I, I want people to feel uh, excitement for this week. So I want to talk a little bit about, I don't know, whatever you love doing, favorite memories, worst presents, whatever the hell it is, I want to hear about it. But those are the things that we're going to be doing along the way in the second half. In the second half, I want to get to that that little uh, clip that's been going around of Tucker Carlson talking about what's really got him spooked about the UFO thing, and it's that there is a unclear spiritual aspect to it that I think a lot of you are going to jive with. So... There's that, but there's a lot before that. Tomorrow, I have a couple of ideas of what we can do for the hour before we go into uh, into band practice. But I, I, ha- you know, what we were talking about that uh, phenomenon, people that don't have any inner voices. There's no inner dialogue there. Well, we we covered a Reddit thread and a few other supporting articles on that subject, uh, maybe about two or three years ago. Well, I want to bring it back up again, because I found this video last night of a kid who was investigating the same exact thing, and he sat down with, I think, with a, a fellow classmate of his in college, a, uh, a girl who does not have any inner dialogue, and the questions he was asking her were, were really great questions, and the answers were, were just fascinating. And I, a couple of them were, like, breaking my brain to try to put myself into a situation in her situation. Where there is no, she cannot hear. She can't hear herself in her head. Like it, it, he was even asking her questions about, like, well, what, what, what do you do when you read? Do you only have to read out loud? Can you read silently? I mean, there's, there's some great things. So I think maybe tomorrow, with the shorter show, uh, we can do a little bit of that. But Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're really gonna glitz it up with the, with the Christmas thursday night is going to be the christmas telethon the quite frankly christmas telethon i hope to do this every year from here on in i really do because it's been really fantastic putting it together so far and i think you're all gonna like it it's gonna make two hours go by very very quickly very quick and then on friday night my mom and my my dad will be in studio and we'll talk about Christmas is past and we'll talk about the uh the decorations. We'll go through some of the footage that I took from Lyndhurst Mansion in Tarrytown, New York on Thursday. And um and then and then we'll just go right into the weekend. Now on the twenty third, at some point I'm sure I'll go live with either some coffee and a cigar, or maybe both, just to see how everybody's doing. Those little pop ins I usually do on YouTube on the mobile app. So, um, and then you never know. You, there might be some some late night broadcast that I do somewhere around there too on in studio B. But very very special week. You know why? Because regardless of what's going on, no matter how commercialized things may get, no matter how how down in the dumps somebody might be, or where the world is. I mean, we got we wake up this morning. There's something else going on in the Red Sea. We're talking about the uh, Red Sea. We're talking about uh, Iranian-backed rebels. And the United States Navy has to go in there and secure shipping lanes. And it's like ev- everything is a prelude to, you know, a prelude to war or some kind of potential conflict. It's always happening. Over here in the, U- in the U.S., on st- its state side, we just have, there's nothing good. There's nothing good being reported in the media. But we know that there's something good out there. You know that there is. you know everything that they project, it's not the average experience. They are imploding systems. they are ruining cities. They are doing things like that. But we always have to remember, especially on, on Christmas week, there's always something good coming. There is. I mean, there, the Christmas means something is something good is is, is about to happen. That's probably the reason why in um, in recent years I've really fallen in love with uh, a couple of different Christmas songs that just go above and beyond the, the season that I'll still listen to them every once in a while throughout the year. And that is Oh Holy Night and recently The Little Drummer Boy. We are all the drummer boys, my friends. We are all the drummer boys, and I'm gonna—I I, want to write something about that song. I think I have to do that soon. That might be a good exercise to kickstart my creative writing again. And, um, but we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll do Christmas songs and messages on on Wednesday night. You know what I would really love to do? Uh, it's a listener of the show sent in a clip from a local radio station somewhere around them where Santa Claus was on air and reading letters, from Sa- letters to Santa from local boys and girls. And some of them were really run-of-the-mill and just, you know, concise. This is what I would like. This is what I would like and blah, blah, blah. And others were really, really <laughs> hilarious where some of these kids just sound like, you know, head cases. But in a funny way. Like they're getting way too deep about things and they're saying things that don't make sense. Um, I, I don't know. It, and it started making me think that, damn, I should have done something like that. And how can I how can I read some letters to Santa on... Well, I'm not Santa Claus. So I can't read those letters. Maybe I can get somebody to read. So maybe next year or something, we've got to start collecting letters from children in the audience so they can be read on air with something just so that we can create some memories that way because you know kids say the darndest things out of the mouths of babes and I, I and some of it might really be profound too it's not just it's gonna be funny it might be really profound and I wish I had thought about that maybe I can get something done from now until Friday who knows but um I'd have to find a Santa Claus to come in. Anyway, that's what I have on that. Just some thoughts about what's going on this week. And maybe that that jogs something loose in all of you. Next week, though, will be great. After Christmas, we're going to start talking about uh, New Year's predictions. Those will be some fun shows. And then jumping right into January, if you can believe it. Of course you can. But it's December 18th, and we're going to soak everything up that we can of the next seven days. Because this time next week, it's Christmas morning. Oh, it's Christmas evening. Christmas evening. So, and just so that you guys and gals remember, in January, we start a book club again. And what I'm gonna be doing is, in January, I'm going to be the host. I haven't thought, I was just, I came up um, short on on co-host ideas and stuff for this, this one in January, Lucifer's Hammer, which is a post-apocalyptic kind of a thing. An asteroid comes down and and uh, wipes out a lot of the Earth, and then it's almost like competing factions that are coming back. It gets very religious. It gets very all this other stuff. It's almost like The Stand, I guess, from what I've read about the reviews. But um, it's just going to be you and I. And instead of I'll co-host this time around, I'm going to experiment with not only reading from the show threads. I'm going to take your calls. I'm going to take your calls for that. So, I think that'll be fun. And that's all. All right, let's go into some grab bag. Going into grab bag, the first one up is from Zero Hedge. U.S. Space Command reaches full operational capacity. So there you go, Space Force is fully operational, ladies and gentlemen, they are ready to take on other Space Forces. Here's another one for you. Uh, oh, okay. I guess now we're just getting down to the nitty-gritty here. I gotta say a few things, and this is gonna take me past the normal, uh, look a few minutes past the normal jump-off point and where we hit play the intro. But I don't want to. I don't want this to dominate the too much of the episode, so I want to leave it all up front. And that is this Senate thing, the pornography that was filmed at the Senate. There's so much more to this when you really think about it. And everybody was talking about the differences between, oh, is, this, is this worse than January 6th? Is this the same thing? How much? I, I, said, well, there's a big difference between January 6th, of course, that January 6th was a, an act of protest that was sabotaged. And the uh, Senate gay porno story is just a reflection of the dominant culture and institutional norms. Now, uh, as far as what people should be repulsed by, I think the, the latter far more than the former. But then when you think about how the former, a, A legitimate protest was sabotaged and framed up i guess that's far more repulsive it's just a lot of repulsive shit going on but i do want to say a few things before the story goes away in record time because we're like three days removed from this making headlines in on on uh friday we had lauren bobert had her boobs grabbed in a dark theater and it it and it did not leave the front pages of news news sites all over the internet for like two weeks. So we're three days removed from the hardcore gay porno being filmed among uh, Senate staffers, and God knows who else, in a hearing room. And all that is on Drudge Report today is how Rudy Giuliani is being sued again by the dummy and her daughter from Georgia. So, um, but he, listen to this, listen to this, uh, this statement from this guy, Aidan Sarovsky, the staffer in question, said, "Uh, this has been a difficult time for me as I have been attacked for who I love. That's what we were watching. To pursue a political agenda. (laughs) It was a porno that was leaked from a group of government workers who share Sexually related media that they're creating for each other. It was leaked to the Daily Caller. Why some of my actions in the uh, while some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment. I love my job; would never disrespect my workplace. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. His mother Magdalena says, "You don't want to know how he's doing." No, I don't. No, I absolutely do not. I do not. Um, of course, this was a little while ago uh, that he confronted Max Miller, who is a Republican congressman who's also Jewish. And Max Miller told the Washington Free Beacon that just days before these the clips surfaced, this guy, Aiden, confronted him and just simply screamed, Free Palestine, in his face. So... There's a little thing. There's a there's a couple of weird things going on here. Like I said, get all your pot shots in uh, quick because they're it's going away. Now the level of control is something that is also pretty reminiscent of January 6th. You know, people in power need to be able to tell the police to stand down and to lead people into the building and punch tickets. People in power need to be able to open up magnetically sealed doors, things like that, you know, just like people in power need to turn off the surveillance footage on the same uh, prison block where Jeffrey Epstein is being strangled by someone. Anyway, the level of control that they have over these facilities out there, I mean, they can just disable in, in, in security. Like, you know, those Senate hearing rooms have cameras all over them. So the fact that this is the only footage that has gotten out just lets you know, hey, uh, we're going to need to black out the room for a little while and make sure that nobody comes by. That's number one. Number two, uh, we know who was catching, but who was pitching? That would be interesting. Of course, nobody's going to be digging too deep into this one, Um, especially since, like I said before, this was being shared in a sex group of government employees which i suppose is going to be the last time that we hear about that honey pot because it should also be fairly obvious from whatever we do know about this sick story is that uh his stance on israel is probably related to the timing of the leak all right so um but then a couple of days had passed over the weekend finally i know some of you guys and gals were thinking about where madison cawthorn is on this one of course, Madison Cawthorn came out, uh, I don't know, it was like a a little while before his re-election bid, which he just kind of walked away from because then he was, you know, some pictures of him partying with like uh, lingerie on or something like that. I have no clue. Anyway, he pretty much said, if you remember, that he was uh, getting invited to government sex parties. And at the time, he was rebuffed by both Democrats and Republicans. So that's very Interesting. That's something to take note of. Both Democrats and Republicans want him to shut up, you know, because we know the lengths that one party would go. Well, we know the lengths that the Democrat party especially would go to to uh, hold something against Republicans. They'll fabricate things. Republicans will just kind of not do anything. And then when they have a shot to go take somebody out with legitimate crimes, they'll just kind of sit on their hands because God knows what what parties they've been to. So. He, we, we took careful note of that whole thing. And I, and I remember I brought on, well, I guess long story short, Madison Cawthorn tweeted out three words, I told you, which everybody knew exactly what he was talking about. And I also contacted Kathy O'Brien. I texted Kathy because and I said, hey, I'm going to bring you up on the show on Monday night because, you know, Cawthorn just uh, tweeted this and whatever. And because you guys remember what happened when he, that happened to him when he was talking about the parties he was getting invited to, I brought Kathy O'Brien on and I asked her about that. I, I said, hey, you know, um, does it surprise you at all that there is bipartisan pushback against Madison Cawthorn right now saying that he's, uh, he's lying and this is egregious nonsense? And you remember what Kathy said? She said, Frank, the only party lines there are in DC are cocaine lines and that's all you needed to know. Uh, There is one thing that we've gotten from all this, and it's a really great new generation of John Dutton memes, Yellowstone memes, where where mainstream conservatism never squanders an opportunity to bend over for the enemies of humanity. Here's one. Here's one for you. There's John Dutton looking rugged, pensive, and he says, if two consenting adults want to film what they get up to in the privacy of their own Senate chamber, I say let him ain't nobody else's business That was posted by raw raw egg Nationalist. our buddy Jay Dyer <laughs> posted this one I may not like that Satan guy, but I'll die for your right to worship him in our capital. I Think it's a great great resurrection of the meme Because that is the the state of mainstream conservatism in many many respects and also let me let me also just say So I can get all this out of my system I haven't seen many people do this, but those, uh, those that have, have it right. There is a direct correlation between the Senate porn scandal and the satanic statue at the Iowa State Capitol. There's a direct connection to it all. And not many people have, have really gone into depth about that, but they should. It came up a little bit in, the, um, in that great episode that we did with Matt and Fleckus on Friday night and the satanic statue situation in particular. That has given complete morons like Jenna Ellis the opportunity to be clown themselves once again with what they think is a really principled stance on free expression. Now the morons will say, hey, if we're gonna be true conservatives, then we need to accept that people practice their faith differently, even if it means, I guess the antithesis of the faith that provided the guidance for our founding. I don't, it's just, can somebody give me a little bit of an insight on that? Because it's it's just incredible. It's just incredible. A leap, a huge leap to say that the men who signed the Declaration of Independence, uh, many of them preachers themselves, were laying the groundwork for Satan to have his seat at the table as well. <laughs> to have his seat at the table as well. Uh, it would be unthinkable. Unthinkable. But then again, what we permit today would be unthinkable to Americans two generations ago, let alone nine or ten generations ago. And that's just um, that's it. as if George Washington would would see this happening today. If he can come back and see what's going on today, he'd say, well, I don't like it one bit, but them's the rules. No. No, my friends. So, which brings us to the main reason why people like Jenna Ellis are so stupid. You know, we are at this point we are right now because freedom of expression in many ways has already been suppressed because you also need not only the the uh, the freedom of expression for a new culture to emerge but you need to suppress certain types of suppression uh, of expression to have an old dominant culture die because a dominant culture of the past suddenly cannot defend itself from the new because it's a civil rights invi- it's a, it's a civil rights a civil rights violation suddenly that's what's going on here now I I mean it was the suppression of traditional American culture that allowed the satanic special interests that we are dealing with right now to you know hound us day in day out and to take such sturdy route I and, and as you also know I'm no holy roller okay I don't I don't get behind the mic every night and deliver my opinions um, backed up by Bible verses or anything like that. It's, this is just something that is an obvious, well-documented, slow creep infiltration that, that should be fairly, fairly easy to acknowledge at this point. You know, we were never going to suffer an amphibious invasion by an army of satanic orcs at the Southern border or something like that. Or, or, you know, California or, or New York Harbor. That's not what was, what was going to happen. It was always going to be a psychological and spiritual subversion, codified through the courts and nurtured through school and pop culture. And that's what it is. So the fact that we're even having debates or people like Jenna Ellis think that there's a debate to be had about the the, the fairness of allowing Baphomet's presence in state capitol buildings and after school programs, that means that the war is almost over, my friends. All right? This is not a... This is not a, a question that needs to be answered every so often. This is something, th- this is a seed that is already germinated. It is broken through the surface. So there's no debate, no debating. You don't make concessions for ideologies that only exist to erase your culture, your faith, and your history. That's like Willy Wonka hiring Slugworth to run the chocolate factory. You just don't do it. And that's why Jenna Ellis is a, a dumb twat. Anyway all right i've said enough in the opening now let's get around to some other fun things we're going to talk about chestnuts we're going to take your calls who the hell knows what else happens but welcome to the show and we will be right back after this
3: Roasting on an open
1: fire. You know, I wait all year for the one night I want to play this on December 1st and I say, no, Frank, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it back. Being
2: sung by choir.
1: Think about baseball.
2: Folks dressed up like
1: it's wonderful, isn't it? I, um... I gotta say i said this on i don't know when it was i think it might have been the coffee stream that i did last friday morning but i would really love to do a quite frankly christmas gala one day all the things that i would love to put together i'd love to do a christmas gala and you gotta show up in something that reflects either the late 30s early 40s and we'll take care of the atmosphere and the rest and then we'll do something a little bit more modern the next day but there's just something about there's just such an easy easy atmosphere that can be conjured in the name of Christmas and it's just so good it's good for the soul I want to take a little bit of your calls on what makes it feel good tonight but you know since he mentions chestnuts I came across something today that was pretty incredible because I came across something last night that was equally uh, interesting so from interesting to incredible I was looking into the uh, creation of this song and what I had what I had noticed was that right around the time that this song had been created There was a make ch- you know Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. And I had chestnuts not too long ago for the first time roasted and they were really since they are sweet and Sensational I really really liked them and then I real then I read that the um, that the nutritional value of chestnuts are like comparable to, to that of corn and uh, they they can be put into the same mix there. I know Jay Gulenello would probably be like, No! But, um, no, he'd probably like chestnuts. He'd probably say those are fine. I'll get a text from him later on. We'll see what he says. But anyway, around the time that this song was created, we were in the middle of what was a gigantic chestnut holocaust. Chestnut tree holocaust, essentially. They weren't getting burned but there was a chestnut blight that was running through running through the country. And I want to talk to you about that. I, I want to play two little clips here. Two little clips from this uh, this thing that we were listening to last night. And uh, I think that it would be interesting just for your edification. Something you can talk about at the dinner table sometime with another loser like me who uh, is always <laughs> looking, looking for shit like this to talk about. Listen to this. This is from National Post. This was this was published about three years ago. It says, there's a dark history behind one of your favorite Christmas carols. And that was this song that we just talked about with uh, Nat King Cole, but listen to this.
4: At the very same moment in time, the American chestnut tree was being decimated by an invisible pathogen, the chestnut blight.
1: The chestnut blight.
5: And the states, it killed roughly 4 billion to 5 billion trees in a matter of 30 years. Here in Southern Ontario, we estimate between 1.5 and 2 million trees were exterminated. My name's Ron Casir and I'm chair for the Canadian Chestnut Council. So what you're looking at here are 2000 research trees on a one acre plot on my farm in central Elgin just a little bit north of Port Stanley off of Lake Erie. We're testing here their resistance to the blight. It's like any invasive that has entered the emerald ash borer, Dutch elm disease, all accidentally introduced here. We try to keep them out because our trees here just don't have the immunity.
1: So what he's doing over there, and I'm going I'm to jump ahead a little bit to uh, actually right around here, you're going to get a, a little bit more history. Then we'll bounce off. It's a nine-minute film. I just wanted to throw this into the mix. Is that um, he lives on a on a on a farm where this one acre has been really dedicated to just these these uh, these trees, these chestnut trees, and they're trying to immunize the trees to this blight so that they can you know pretty much reintroduce them to the wild and actually have them flourish again now i have chestnut trees that are just up the street from me and they look pretty healthy they're not as fuzzy it, you know you know how you'll you'll you know how their chestnuts are encapsulated by a very prickly fuzzy kind of like a ball kind of a thing they're not that fuzzy we, they are prickly but they they don't have a very bushy appearance like they do in this in this movie, or in this uh, video, I will add this into Sunday, well, Sunday is Christmas Eve. I don't know how many people are going to be watching this on Sunday, but we'll have Christmas movies playing on Christmas Eve. Still it's very interesting. I'm going to put it into the after hours programming at some point. The full nine minutes was, well, it it just, it made me feel uh, like I was getting smarter.
4: To really understand the chestnut blight, you need to know about the past. The American chestnut was called the king of the forest, the redwood of the east. For 20 million years, it reigned over eastern North America, from Georgia all the way up into Ontario in the Canadian Carolinian zone. Here, one in every four hardwoods would have been an American chestnut.
5: Be a spectacular tree. They were a super canopy tree. It would grow to 35 meters in height, so they would stick well above the canopy of the rest of the forest. And at the base, the tree could be anywhere from two and a half to three meters in diameter. Big. It was used for everything. And it became known as the cradle to grave tree. So your cradle, every piece of furniture you'd use in your life would be used, it would be made of chestnut. And finally your coffin would also be made of chestnut.
1: <laughs> See that's, these are little things that <laughs> I mean, is it good to know? Uh, maybe, it's, uh, but still, I didn't, did you know that the, the, the chestnut tree the American chestnut tree was the cradle to grave tree? That they're making everything from cradles to coffins with this thing? I didn't, now you do. Approximately the year
5: 1876, a American entrepreneur opened the first mail-order tree nursery in New Jersey and he imported 12 Chinese chestnuts from Japan and sold them to wealthy clientele on the eastern seaboard of the United States. And from those 12 infected trees, the blight was spread along the entire eastern seaboard.
1: Did you hear that? Some asshole from Jersey, in 1876, imported 12 infected Japanese chestnut trees into the US, and that's what started this mess. New Jersey again for the win approximately
5: 50 miles a year
4: by the 1950s the blight had spread to billions of trees in every corner of the American chestnut's natural range the war was over the tree was declared functionally extinct
1: so there's a little bit more you can read about that hopefully they come back I mean obviously there's still some healthy trees out there you got to get chestnuts from somewhere but I didn't know, I didn't know that that was such a, you know, a big part of this, you know, the the, East, the Eastern United States, such a huge part of its identity. Um, so that was interesting to read about it, and also tragic to read about how it came to an end, and of course it was the Japanese that did it, and New Jersey, Japanese and New Jersey, can't trust either of them. All right, so... Now, why I thought that this was uh, interesting and then also very fascinatingly well-timed is because there here is an article from the 13th of this month that came out from Children's Health Defense. Isn't that um, RFK's website? I forget. Anyway, this was sent to me. This was sent to me an email today. I said, oh, well, what do you know? I'm going to throw this all together tonight. Headline Oops, scientists botched dar- Darling genetically engineered tree. On December 8th, the American Chestnut Foundation announced it was withdrawing support for several pending regulatory petitions that would authorize distribution of transgenic Darling 58 trees. What's Darling 58? trees outside of permitted research plots. The announcement was shocking, one, uh, one that would have huge implications for the idea of releasing genetically modified organisms into the wild. Oh, uh-huh. uh, TACF, in league with the State University of New York Environmental School of Forestry, has been publicly stating that it can restore the dominance of the American chestnut, which was decimated by logging and blight, with a genetically engineered GE version called Darling 50 Oh, tremendous. Tremendous. Never roasting chestnuts again. They claim D58 was engineered with wheat gene inserted into its genome to enable it to resist the blight. It was a high-profile venture intended, to, intended, the petition is still pending, to deregulate, for the first time, a GE plant, genetically engineered plant, for release into the wild to contaminate its wild relatives. Something Dr. Donald Davis, an expert in the history of American chestnut, called a massive and irreversible experiment. More recent statements by TACF have revealed that it was not merely because of significant performance limitations of the darling progeny that TACF was had withdrawn its support but also because they have been working with uh, they had been working with the wrong GE tree. The TACF, Press release explained that a significant identity error in the propagation of materials supplied to TACF had occurred and that independent confirmation now shows all pollen and trees used for this research was derived not from Darling-58. Throughout the regulatory process, no one noticed that they were working with the wrong tree, not since cold fusion had so much scientific hype had been generated around the fundamental error. Uh, so so not only... The th- it, it, maybe that's an act of God right there, that this has just been uh, pushed off and we don't have any genetically modified. You say, well, what would you rather have, a chestnut tree with blight or some genetically modified one that can resist it, and then what? What does that do to everything around it? So there's a little bit. There's a little bit of what's going on. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the American chestnut and. In the times ahead let's let's take some calls 914-200-0269 I want to hear what you guys and gals are thinking have you been to any Christmas parties yet have you had any big Christmas breakthroughs any miracles you ever want to talk about a Christmas miracle of the past I want to hear it I'm sure everybody else does too and in the second half we'll get into some other stuff we'll check in on what's going on with the EU trying to come after um, Twitter because nobody can nobody can get anything done anymore without every social media company in the world walking in lockstep with the WEF. And also a little bit about Tucker Carlson and uh, his theories on what's going on with UFOs and the spiritual aspect. Let's take a call here. Meredith, is that you?
6: Hi, Frank, it's Meredith from Massachusetts. How you doing? Great to
1: have you on again. How, what's on your mind?
6: All right. Well, I went to two Targets
1: this weekend and all the black Santa's and wheelchairs were sold out up here. <laughs> oh. It's probably, we probably triggered a run on every Target. When I got home, Meredith, I ordered ten. Ten. You did. I've got yes. ten black wheelchair Santa Clauses coming in and it's going to be wonderful. I think that I, I've estimated that I think I may have one or two extra. I definitely want to do a raffle on on the air.
6: It's unbelievable we I mean I went to one in my hometown and it said you know the label said black wheelchair Santa's, and they just weren't on the shelves mm. and then I went to another one in another town and and I asked the lady and and they were gone too
1: now were the um were the white wheelchair Santa's still there?
6: No, I didn't even know those existed actually I forgot to okay I forgot that part I forgot to look, but I didn't see any no no wheelchairs left. <laughs> That's the regular Santa, so, an
1: angel. Somebody in the chat room just called me a hoarder because <laughs> because I bought ten black wheelchair Santas. I like I told Fleckus I said you know these things as crazy as they are, uh, we we need to be able to compile some stuff to constitute a museum, a a a a, a brain dead museum one day. Uh, people it's need to know. It's
6: such a good idea. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, listen, I um, you only have seven yeah. days left, so I'm hope you're able to hope you're able to find it.
6: I got some of the Black Santas for some coworkers and friends. Okay. But no wheelchair.
1: Not righty. And
6: well. no Nutcracker transgender. I was looking for that one,
1: too. Well, the, you know, the, there's always next year. Anything else on your mind, Meredith? <laughs> That's
6: it. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You,
1: too. Merry Christmas. I hope I talk to you again soon. 914 269 I really want to keep this week as light and airy as possible. I know I didn't do a good job starting out. Talking about gay porn, film at the Capitol, but I I really want like starting now, starting with the chestnuts. I really just want to leave everything else behind, just for a little bit, okay? Let's take a call uh, eight five six. What's going on?
7: Hey,
1: what's going on? Night, noon, Hello, is, uh, are, are, am I on speakerphone by any chance? I'm sorry. Okay, there you go. Sound a lot better. Go right ahead.
3: Sorry but How you doing, brother? Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas.
3: Uh, Yeah, man. I just wanted to call in and just generally lightly touch on everything. Uh, I I have four young kids. Uh, My twins were born in late 2020. Wow. So uh, I'm not going to – I mean, uh, they'll celebrate Christmas, but I'm not going to teach them Santa Claus or anything like that. It's all pagan stuff.
1: Right, right, right. Okay. So what else? And i'm sorry guys so 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 then what so then what what has been like first of all two boys or two girls
3: oh uh fraternal twins two girls then i have an 18 month old daughter and my son uh, he turns four months on christmas day
1: wow that's great yeah me and my
3: wife are busy we don't watch tv (laughs)
1: that's gonna say you so you a you had a you had a baby on christmas huh
3: No, no, he turns four months old. Oh, oh, four,
1: four months. I thought you said four years. I'm so sorry. Shoot. No,
3: that's okay, brother. Well, yeah, my twin daughters. They're the oldest. They're three.
1: Okay, so then you started. Oh, so those that you started off with twins then.
3: Yeah, thank God. We wow. were terrified for the next two pregnancies.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, you know what? It, that's one of those things where if Lauren and I had twins first, we probably would have. We probably would have just said, you know what? We can rest on our laurels with this one. I think we did good. two, two, two at one shot. But um, man, you you went for two more. That's amazing. You got a nice little crew there. You're rolling deep now.
3: Yeah, and I, I'm on my I'm on a drive out to Tennessee right now to put a down payment on the property. I got to get my family out of Jersey. I went in the military for a while, and when I got home I made the mistake going back to New Jersey, knowing how bad it was getting,
1: yeah, yeah, I can imagine so
3: I'm, I'm just trying to get them out now because they don't have like uh, they don't have vaccine vaccine exemptions for schools, and my kids have not seen one shot they're never gonna
1: That's good. so so what so uh, as far as uh, schooling goes, are you gonna you could be doing homeschooling, or what
3: well Tennessee has exemptions you can pull a re- religious exemption right it's a very constitutional state that's why we were looking at there in Kentucky but I don't know the governor of Kentucky is kind of
1: not quite right well my friend listen uh, it sounds like you got a, your hands full but also sounds like you got a really exciting plan there for the family and I wish you a lot of luck and Merry Christmas to you
3: and Merry Christmas to you too and just real quick brother before before I go, go ahead. Um. You know how every state, town, county, the federal government, it's all corporations. There is a path to pull yourself out of the corporate structure, out of the capital name that they have been written down as in all caps, right? So 50 million-plus Americans have already pulled out of the system and are operating on their natural-born national status. You have to declare yourself a living, breathing, natural-born national of the East United States, and that puts you out of their corporate structure and back into the original fluid Constitution. Of
1: right. Well, well, it wasn't. Well, you're uh, you're talking about uh, uh, you're talking about 1787, and we and and my friend, when well, we were talking about this, a couple of. Uh, I don't know. Months ago, this was probably back in June. I don't know when we had that guy on to talk about uh, about sovereignty and not paying taxes and tax uh, avoidance and all that stuff. It's one of those things where, as much as you want to dig into that, it can it can sound really exciting, really enthralling, and then um, and then when if they if if the target's on your back, there's just no stopping it. So if you want to roll the dice on that. Hey, I'm. I wish it were true, and I wish it were a bona fide way of just all. Well, he's declared his sovereignty from the system. We can't touch him, fellas. And it, it I, if that were the case, I'd, I'd be there right now. I'd be doing it right now. Um, but, um, but it's just it's a it's a big risk. We are talking about people who don't follow the rules the reason why we have a tax code that we have right now the reason why we have a federal government we have right now is because there is no respecting the rules okay we're we don't, we do not live in any any semblance of a of constitutional order or anything like that so individual it's it's great to educate yourself but as far as putting that stuff in action and we took a lot of calls and we took we read a lot of um, a lot of response from the audience people who have had their own uh, you know, pitfalls with all that, their own successes with all that. We had a mix of everything. And especially a father of four, I wouldn't fool around too much. I really wouldn't. Because all you got to do is become a target and, and they'll get you. All right, let's see here. 914 269 and that's what we have going on. 7.42. Actually, we'll take a little bit of a break. When we come back, more of your calls, bringing it up to the top of the hour. And at the intermission, we'll jump off to Quite TV. Be right back.
6: Lulu had a baby. She named him Tiny Tim. She put him in the piss butt to teach him how to swim. He swam to the bottom. He swam to the top. Lulu got excited and pulled him by his cock ginger ale five cents a glass. If you don't like it, just shove it up your ass. Ask me no more questions, I'll tell you no more lies. A man got hit with a bag of shit, and that's the reason why. Great
0: Excellent
2: album. Mm.
0: We learned a lot from it. Great Welcome to Perpetual Health Minute, brought to you by, quite frankly, fasting and muscle loss. This is a question I get asked a lot. So this paper on your screen actually examined extreme long-term fasting in humans. And what they found is that early on in the fast, 24 to 48 hours, mostly fat, but some protein is being broken down for fuel. At that point, ketogenesis kicks in and a muscle sparing mechanism occurs to preserve lean muscle mass. These researchers actually even found that... Fasting combined with physical activity did not negatively impact muscle performance. So what's going on early in the fast is that these proteins that are being broken down are likely damaged proteins because it would make no sense for the body to catabolize muscle when there's plenty of fat on board and that muscle mass is necessary for the upcoming hunt in order to secure food. So we're going to do a lot more on this in the coming weeks and months. But again, for now, I thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being curious and watching these videos. If you like this video, you can follow us at the new Perpetual Health Rumble channel. You can also find us at perpetualhealth.substack.com. But for now, again, thank you so much for watching and back to the show.
1: 541, you're on the air. Who's this?
7: Hey, this is Chris Frank. I'm uh, hey. calling about the chestnuts. Hey, Chris. Tell me about these chestnuts. So uh, I'm a big food forest nerd. I'm trying to make a food forest out of my house, and I figured the best plants are local plants. And the American chestnut situation uh, got me going. You can actually buy seeds or chestnuts, I guess, American chestnuts, They exist before the whole GMO thing, but you got me all freaked out with the GMO thing, Frank.
1: I mean, that, that was crazy. I think it's one of those things with the timing of that article just arriving at my in my inbox the, the the morning after I watched that random article about chestnuts because I'm I'm learning I wanted to go learn a little bit more about chestnuts because I listen to Nat King Cole and now here we are. It, it, it's you know what it is like, Chris. It's just like learning about um, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom buying Bragg's apple cider vinegar and then realizing not only that. I said that's weird. Why the hell they buy apple cider vinegar, uh, a pop- a deal. and then and then they start and they do a deal with uh, Bill Gates and his apples?
7: Yeah. yeah, I
1: I was wondering if you know because like
7: Hollywood is the uh, magic wands and stuff, right? What if chestnut wood is what is used to fight these guys and they. <laughs> They brought in the the bla- plague of the chestnuts or whatever.
1: Imagine that to clear the way. The, the only the only counter to the magic of the Hollywood stick is the uh, is the chestnut, the chestnut the chestnut wood. Yeah.
7: But not the Chinese chestnut, the American chestnut. It's a little bit smaller, but it's it packs a punch. Uh, but yeah, you can still get seeds for these. I think that are non-GMO. I got mine a while ago, but they were expensive. I think a dozen of them are like forty bucks.
1: So wait a second. So you you bought these seeds. You've planted a chestnut tree oh, yeah. on your yard.
7: Uh, so I, I I I got a dozen of them. I got about three to start, and I'm still preying on them. You know, it, it, you never living things are fickle, and when you live in the woods and you grow food, animals come by for that. So Well you know, well, still, so uh, so
1: do you have? I haven't gotten a chestnut out of it. Oh, okay, that's my next question. How, what kind of a yield yeah. do you get every year?
7: Oh, well, they're not big enough yet, right? Okay, but the first few years are real tough for them, and then when they get huge, you were saying like they I couldn't, you were saying like two meters at the, and I just imagine that. Could you imagine all the cool stuff you could make out of that wood?
1: I know, I know. Yeah, uh, but you
7: can cradle the grape, as you were saying. Uh, it's, it's, it kind of ties into the whole talisman deal, too. You always have these people on talking about talismans. I would love to know more if there's actually any sort of thing to that, because it's you, know, you go to the antique places and this wood's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful.
4: Well, I'm happy. You,
1: I'm happy you called in, Chris, because it, it's one of those things where I just throw it out there. You figure, hey, at least uh, some people will learn something they didn't know before. But to have you call yeah. in and to have some personal experience of trying to uh, get some. Chestnut trees to take root in your own property—that's wonderful. Thank you so much for the uh, yeah. for the, the call. Like
7: pawpaws. <laughs> oh I know, keep, yeah. Keep it going, Frank.
1: Thank you, take man. Take care, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. All right. So people are talking about all the different types of woods that they like. Wood and nuts. Come on, man. Black walnut tree. It wood is pretty, says Carrie Ray. See, chestnut is beautiful wood, says La Young. See, where where are you going to have a conversation like this on a Monday night? You know? Somebody else says nuts matter. They do. They do. Sentence to Beth says, I love wood. All right, 504, what's going on? You're on the air.
8: Hello, Frank.
1: Hello, who's this?
8: This is Kelly.
1: Kelly, welcome to the show.
8: Thank you for being there for us. I was calling to give a light and fluffy... Holiday
1: tip. Oh, go. Yeah, go ahead
8: If you're gonna be buying presents Try to wrap them as soon as you buy them Don't squirrel them all the way to do it all in one wrap session It's nearly impossible
1: It's a lot more I can see how that can be a lot more the uh, Easy on the on the mind too because once you start yeah, it starts piling up and then Uh, me I start procrastinating where I just don't want to even look at the pile and then all of a sudden it's December 22nd and you just have to you have to kick everybody out of the house and say listen I need need two hours to wrap these presents you can't come home
8: right and here I am
1: (laughs) oh so you're doing that right now
8: yes I'm having a a marathon
1: well you know what that's not bad you're a week out that's pretty good yeah
8: I'm but I gotta go bring them to friends that live about a hundred miles
1: away. Well, you know, well that's not you know a hundred miles used to sound like a lot to me, and it's just not anymore. But I'll tell you no. this: there's some years that I put it off so much. It's it, it really stupid. I like let's put, let's say that Lauren and I said, okay, how about we give each other our gifts on the 22nd this year? We'll go out to dinner, then we'll come home, we'll give our gifts, and we usually try to find ways of giving our gifts early. We would get home she would go into there was one year she i told her listen just go in you know go in the other room for a little while i wrapped (laughs) her i wrapped her presents in about 30 minutes and then i brought them into the other room and she just ripped them open it's like that that is even they also need to have you have to contemplate how much time they're going to have glistening under the tree there's got to be some anticipation there you can't just wrap them and bring them to somebody to uh, to, to rip, them open. rip them open you know right. it's the anticipation yeah so there you have it
8: well have a good night dear and thank you
1: well thank you merry so much Merry Christmas. merry christmas have a good one that's a great tip get off your ass wrap the presents Okay, all right, we're taking some more calls, let's do this, Um. oh yeah, we also have this, we have another, we have another thing I have to do on, uh, on the other side of the intermission that I think you guys are going to find pretty harrowing, but I want to get it done, we'll do that, it's a little bit of a, a, a personalized January 6th story, personalized to this audience, Okay, let's take a call five four one. You're on the air. Go ahead.
9: A second five four one call, Frank. How hey, are you doing?
1: You hello, us. Zoso. Do you have any chestnut tree stories for us? I do indeed. Of course and you do. I, of course. I can't believe. I can't believe that this topic came up. Of
3: course.
9: So, uh, gosh, 20, 20 some odd years ago, when I was visiting my visiting my mom and dad for what would what would have been one of the last times hanging out with my dad, he said to me, you know what would really be great is if, if you could knock a hole in the wall right here and I could have easy access from my living room into my den because I have to go down the hall around the corner. And I took a look at it. I looked around the house seeing how it's built and I'm like, okay, that's a bearing wall. It's got second story. I can do this. So, I go out in this garage and I grab whatever tools I could find, sawzalls and that kind of jazz. And I open up the wall and what do I see? This house was built in 1840. They lived in Asheville, North Carolina. And I take the drywall down and the first thing I see are these gorgeous like 14 inch wide vertical planks of this dark wood and I'm like, what the the hell is this? You know, and I, so I cut them out and I bring one into my dad. It's like eight feet tall. And he goes, Oh, Albert, that's chestnut. This house was built of chestnut years ago. I wanted, I wanted to wrap them up and ship them home to me. I'd never seen, they were one inch thick, about 14 inches wide. And there was about six of them. Oh, I wanted to build a table out of it, the most gorgeous wood I'd ever seen. Really? And it had to be, if the house was built, if the house was built in 1840, it had to come from some of those trees that were like, you know, two feet, three feet around at the base.
1: Oh, yeah. And and it probably was local, too. Oh, yeah. No
9: doubt. Asheville, North Carolina is up in the mountains. Gorgeous place. Beautiful place.
1: That's just... So is that is that the end of your, uh, your investigating, of the, the, the history of the property and the house and all that?
9: Well, I mean, my bigger concern at the time was taking care of my dad, doing whatever I could for him. I knew his, at that point, we all knew his days were numbered, you know. But I wanted him to, you know, when I was gone, enjoy the idea that he could just roll, you know, go into the, go through the, uh, from the living room to the to the den without any hassle you know it uh i left my mark i i tricked it all out by the time i left it looked like it had always been there my little gift to my dad on my way out you know That's i didn't see him once or twice more before he passed away but uh that was the big that was the big one i i do wish i do I wish. wish i had wrapped that lumber up and shipped it home though Oh, I could have made a beautiful table out of it.
1: So the, that <laughs> that that house that house and that property are no longer in your family. I had to imagine.
9: No, after my after my dad passed away, my mom didn't need a house that large, and she's uh, moved in with my aunt, and uh, she's now down in Bluffton, uh, South Carolina, with her sister. So she's mom's happy. Eighty-eight. She's enjoying a merry Christmas as we
1: speak. It's all good, but I'm happy to hear that. And and do you know if do you know if somebody else is living in the house or was that just oh, yeah. demolished and, and re? Oh yeah, you
9: know? no. The, this is a, that house has been there for. It's a it's a landmark. It's been wow. Oh my God, it's been there forever and ever. It was it was the original house in that property that has since been developed into dozens of houses. But it's very neat how they did it. Like each house has a minimum of ten acres. So. Asheville is a beautiful place. Have you been through there?
1: I never been through Asheville. No, I've only the only time I've ever spent through North, uh, in North Carolina is driving through it to get to South Carolina. Gotcha. So, so yeah, I get-
9: Asheville uh, was always known as uh, a place to go for your health in the eighteen hundreds and stuff because it was so so high up in the uh, you know way up high in the Smoky Mountains. Mm. Um, yeah, really. That's where. That's where Vanderbilt built his mansion. Yeah, so.
1: Well, thank you again. Anyway. I knew, I, knew I, I. First of all, it, it's still just a crapshoot of whenever you call in and I, I, I get you on here because it's not like Skype. I can't. I can't uh, store names, but I'm glad you got through, and I'm not surprised at all that you had a chestnut story because you have usually <laughs> you usually have stories for everything. So every occasion.
9: My brother, if I don't talk to you prior, I hope you guys have a very, very Merry Christmas.
1: You too, and I'm sure we'll talk, but thank you for everything, man. All the best. All right, take care. All right, let's take another one. 506, you're on the air. Last call before the break.
10: 508?
1: Oh, oh, 508? Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Go ahead. All right. Sixes look like Um, eights these days.
10: I had a couple of quick things from previous callers okay I'm um, disappointed that in Massachusetts we're running low on the black handicapped Santas
1: wait wait what do what are you uh, running low on in Massachusetts
10: the black wheelchair Santas
1: oh yes I know it, that 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 should be declared a a uh, state emergency
10: and I was already thinking because I've planned on getting some this week which cashier would I go to you know do I do self-checkout do I Pick, like, who's going to uh, judge me
1: least. That is, you know, you bring up a really great point there. If I went into a physical target because I knew that these things were there, what would I do? Would I take 10 black wheelchair Santas, me, uh, a white guy uh, uh, with a shaved head and tattoos, to go uh, up to? Who do I bring it to or do I do? I would probably go self-checkout. I would probably go That's self-checkout. Or or you have to go the opposite direction and you just go to the person that you think would, would see this and assess it to be the most problematic possible.
10: <laughs> yes. Um I also am shocked to find out that Chinese chestnuts are bigger than American chestnuts. They are? Well that's what the previous caller said. He said the seeds bigger and smaller and I was surprised that American chestnuts would be
1: Hold on let me see here.
10: Smaller than Chinese
1: i know because we're bigger than everything else in the chinese what i'm thinking yeah hold on let me see american chestnut versus chinese chestnut all right let's see here let me see there's a couple of things tree talk american chestnut wow there's so many youtube channels people that want things i'm sure yeah. All right. Hold on. I think we found we found some Chinese and American chestnut. The American chestnut foundation. Let's see. All right. Um, buds and stems, the nuts themselves. American and Chinese nuts. Where Wait. Uh, nuts are relatively small, half to one inch in <laughs> diameter. These are Americans, and then the yeah, you're right. That's I'm, what
10: the previous caller said. Who planted all those chestnuts? Which, yeah. W- which, I would a, love to do that, but...
1: A half inch to about an inch, and then the Chinese chestnuts, they're about three quarters to two... Wait a second. I think we might have Chinese chestnut trees near us. I got Chinese chestnut trees near my house.
10: Uh-oh. Well, I'm sure they're... <laughs> um, you sure? Another thing someone said um, about wrapping the gifts. My daughters now are 8 and 11, and they just love to wrap each other's gifts, so I barricade them in each other's rooms with the opposite gifts and they go to town and that's been great
1: well you know i learned to wrap gifts probably around that age my my aunt yeah. pam my aunt pam taught me how to wrap them uh, i haven't really gotten that much better sometimes some days i i'm better than others but uh other times it's just like give me the tape we're going to make this work so you
10: do a beautiful job not as good as my husband though those tube he is a perfect Gift wrapper. He lines up the seams and everything.
1: He's perfect in the way so, that he only needs two pieces of tape.
10: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he lines up all the seams, so this looks like yeah, you know, out of a magazine. But that's going to lead me to the reason I called um, my daughter, my eight-year-old. They both, you know, know that Santa's magical, right? Right. And um, but my eight-year-old decided this year. Actually, I do believe. So we're going with that. They just they naturally want to. So.
1: Well, that's the they whole never p- taught them. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where I um, I Think it's really interesting from this standpoint. I thank you for the call It's a really great thing to think about going into the the second That's a great call there and I have more of that kind of stuff to share with you in the second half But yeah, I don't I've never got caught up in the whole um, pagan nonsense or you know people are gonna look at things the way that they're going to look at them, uh, we did a whole show on that last week with Stephen, and Jonathan, and uh, the real Saint Nicholas, and of course what commercialization does, and and where even where the t- the Christmas tree comes from. We just did last night on on quite frankly's um, Sunday night Frank's Picks that the um, uh, the the origins, the non pagan origins of the Christmas tree. Um, so there's a lot out there and there's just something to be said about human tradition and folklore and storytelling and morals and values and how you, how you convey them through storytelling and how, of course, you have a governor on how much you invest your, your life into a story's literal interpretation and how you embody the spirit of something or someone. Um, especially someone like St Nicholas who is willing to get into fist fights for Christ. and um, that's just uh, that's the kind of thing there where it's just all right, belief and tapping into the spirit of something that is just so good on on a on a wide scale. it's just great to have pop up seasonally. and I have more thoughts on that in a little bit. We have to get into these American and Chinese chestnuts too on the other side of the of the intermission but we're taking that intermission now and i uh, i urge you all to follow us over to pill.net or quite frankly.tv the pill.net direct link is in the description below or it's in all the places i've tweeted it out truth gab what have you but uh, the easy the easy way if everything else doesn't work out which it should is quite frankly.tv and just press play so you can just at least take a look and watch you can you can chat anywhere you'd like you could chat in the, the gilded you can chat wherever the hell else you are. But if you're just watching, I'd love for more of your calls. We're gonna do Tucker Carlson and a few other things on the other side of this. And uh, thank you so much for supporting independent media and all the ways that everybody's trying to cut their, uh, cut the cloth going into 2024 and beyond. It's been a really, really wonderful time working with you all and having fun with you all. So I'll see you on the other side, and thank you so much for tuning in so far. Also, remember that this will be uploaded in its entirety uh, by midnight or so on Rumble and Twitter and Rockfin and where else? Bitshoot. Also, the SGT report. My the latest. My latest appearance on the SGT report with our buddy Sean is has just been uploaded to rumble today so go enjoy that in the off time but uh, don't go anywhere we will be right back the rest of the show is available exclusively at pilled.net
11: follow the link in the description of the episode get signed up it's that easy or head on over to quite just press play no paywalls no censorship no strings attached so head on over quite frankly powered by foxhole and pilled.net
9: it's intermission time folks time out to press the like button thank you
2: and welcome to intermission we'll, we'll be right back
9: i mm-hmm.
3: Entering, quite frankly.
9: Quite
0: frankly. Quite 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 frankly. Quite
10: frankly. Quite frankly.
3: Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. We all support, quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Let's
12: go, Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get
8: a Coke. Can I get a Coke?
2: So everybody watch,
8: quite frankly, with
12: Frank. Quite frankly.
1: Okay, so let's see. We're going into the super chats. First one up. Let's make sure that we did not miss anything on Rockfin in case any tips came in there. And no. All good. All good. Now, I quite frankly superchat.com You gotta let me know if you guys are having a hard time with, quite frankly, superchat.com because there's a few people here that get through all the time, but I also get uh, some, some messages from time to time that they're getting 404 errors. I told Stream Elements. I don't know what's going on there. They said that they're going to need some more details to be able to figure out what's going on for individual users. But if you ever have a hard time with, quite frankly, superchat.com, please let me know. Because that is a very valuable universal superchat that kind of ties all of the viewing audiences together and allows everybody to be able to contribute to the nightly show in the way that the old YouTube superchats used to be. So we'll get to those in just a second. First, I'll go to... Rumble, we got a couple of Rumble rants there. First one is from Poso for Hope, says, "Oh, she burped and farted, and shit. The hell are you talking about? What?" Poso for Hope says, "We have to stop the chemtrails. We need a movement. We need to we need a movement." And then the next thing, thing that he says is, "Oh, she burped and farted, shit on the floor. The gas from the ass blew the knob knob off the door." And the moon shine bright on the nipple of her tit, and Grandpa stepped in a bucket of shit. Is that like a Tony... Like a, a Tony Black kind of a poem, or... I? I guess I'm gonna have to remember that one. Speaking of Tony Black, we came up with a really interesting design for a t-shirt. People said, I really want a t-shirt and there, it, there is just no, there's no, there's nothing of Tony younger boxing that we can turn into like the, those lo-fi Jake LaMotta shirts or anything like that. We couldn't do it. We can't find it unless he comes up with something and, and we can find that. But in the meantime, something has been designed that I think is pretty damn cool. And we're going to run it by Tony. My mother loves it already. But we're gonna run it by Tony to see what he thinks. Cause if he likes it, then I think we're gonna put it into production. And that's gonna be one of those things where, you know, whatever whatever money the show makes off of that will just be donated to wherever he wants it to go. And if I know Tony, it's probably St. Jude's Children's Hospital or something. Um, because that's just, it just seems like it's the right thing to do. But it's still a cultural, it's one of those cultural pieces that it's really cool, I think. It's at least a good place to start start looking and start considering You guys gotta check it out. I'll show it to you later on this week, maybe. All right, let's go into the Super Chats now. Stostube says, Frank, love you, my good man. Now here's some support. I wouldn't be anywhere without people like Stostube. And there's many of you out there. Thank you so much, everybody. And I can't tell you how how wonderful this time of year is to be able to sit down and write so many of you Christmas cards as well. Uh, Aurora loves all the pictures of your pets. She's got a, a little collection of so many dogs from all over the country. She's very grateful. Whenever something comes in the mail for her, no matter how small, like a little tiny... A lot of people just send like little tiny square cards just for Aurora with a little nice message scribbled in the middle of it. And she just handles every card as if it's made of gold and um i know she feels the love but she is not getting spoiled so don't worry let's see car guys new england says hi frank no problems over here with our super chats we wish you and your family a merry christmas well thank you car guys i know some people have luck but i'm there's there's a few cases that are just like frank no matter what i do i'm getting errors. So I'm just trying to find what the common thread between all of those mishaps are. Jay Britt says, "Off to a new week with quite frankly, and friends. Yes, it is the week, if you ask me." Q Cooper says, "Hey Frank, I heard you mentioned not being able to find a midnight mass on dark to light. Have you looked into SSP? Yeah, yeah, the uh, uh, uh Pius the tenth. I I looked into that, but there's one um." Traditional Latin masses—they're in New York, I believe. All of them have a midnight mass. Merry Christmas and God bless. I—I I was looking around here. I didn't find one in, like that any closer than someplace in New Jersey, and I just don't want to go that far for a midnight mass, especially if I'm not taking the whole family. And it's just—you know—there used to be half a dozen options within a mile of me, and I—I uh, I texted my my friend, Father Pat, who stepped in for Father Tom after he died to help me with some things that I want to I do, and uh, it was crazy. He just said, there's nothing here. They actually changed it in the missile to Mass at Night instead of Midnight Mass, because the latest, I think the latest there is in my area is a 10.30 p.m. Mass, and that is only in Polish. It's not even English. So it's hard to find English masses, and I guess I missed the boat with the the midnight, at least for a while. I don't know where the hell I'm going to find it. Definitely not in hell. But let's go and take some more Super Chats over on the Gold Pills and see how that is all fleshing out, and then we're going to be able to get into a couple extra topics and take some calls. All right, so first one up on the foxhole. Does it, it takes 10,000 years to load because my computer is just dying NJSF, Thank you for the cookie. Thank you. Chai possum. Thank you. Jay Jules has write a song about drummer boy. Oh The song has already been written. I want to write about the song Bacon Slut, thank you so much porpoiseful. Thank you Pauly nine three six three Sean Joe a whole sleeve of cookies from Stostube. And uh, and now there's a big fight happening between Sean Joe and Porpoiseful and, and Stube is just smothering everybody with a cookie pillow, now cans and shades. It's just getting ridiculous in there. I couldn't get into Super Chat yesterday, said Chai Possum. You see, it's things like that. Thank you, Curious Patriot, and thank you, NJSF. I'll check that in a little bit. Now, here's the first one I wanted to get to. It's from Engadget.com. It's a headline that's been getting around. You might have seen it in other places. The EU takes action against X over illegal content and disinformation. This is from a, uh, a union of countries that wanted to you know, put people in jail for Facebook posts. That at one point they wanted to enter into the EU charter uh, some kind of language that would essentially make memes illegal. I guess this is just born from the same place of con- wanting control over everything. It might be ending 2023 with a new name, but X, formerly Twitter, is also capping off a year of criticism and legal action with even more condemnation. The European Commission has announced it's opening a formal infringement proceedings into X's operation and and potential violations of the Digital Services Act. Theory Breton, that's how you say his name, Thierry or Theory Breton, The European Commissioner for Internal Market, ironically, shared the news on X, detailing the platform's suspected breach of obligations to be transparent and to counter illegal content. X's potentially deceptive design is also being investigated. In its press release, the European Commission states that it will look into X's Community Notes feature to determine whether it's effective enough in mitigating risks to civil discourse and electoral processes because the Community Notes have been killing them. Have been killing these globalist types. It's been killing them It's the only place on the internet that does fact-checking that is not overwhelmingly Overwhelmingly done by X CIA creeps In its press release the European Commission states that it will look into X's community notes feature to determine whether it's effective enough in mitigating risks it'll also address suspected shortcomings in x's decision to limit access to its data firehose which could negatively affect researchers and other public bodies the company's advertising platform is in the commission's crosshairs too as it as is the suspected deceptive design of features like paid check marks what's the deceptive design there see that's the whole thing there again it's not paid check marks I, I don't know any. I, I, maybe for some people at first it was just like, yeah, I'll pay eight dollars for a check mark because all of the all of these elitist assholes that were so happy about their their badge, their little badge, they didn't like how the value, the social credit value of it, had been diluted by people who had, had enough money uh, hiding between the cushions of their couch to be able to get one for their their own. I have only ever found value in getting longer upload rates for videos and everything else like that, that made it a viable video server for somebody like me who wants to expand a brand. Other than that, I could care less about the, the check mark. If there was a way to take the check mark off and just keep the features that actually matter, that's all I care about. But they they're coming from a standpoint probably of who looks official and what is, you know, how how it's harder for people to discern whether or not a person is coming from a point of authority or not. So that's what's going on now in the EU. They're looking into um, all of that. It never ends. It's only just begun. We're a couple of weeks away from 2024. All right. So here's something for you that I want to bring up. It's Tucker Carlson. And now we're going to take your calls on this when I, when we're all done now, Colin rug or rug posted this on Saturday. Was it Saturday? No, it was yesterday on the 17th. He posted this yesterday said Tucker Carlson says that aliens are one of his few topics that he's scared to cover. He says the things that he has learned are so dark that he can't even tell his wife. I'm going to play this for you here. It's only a three minute clip, but I think that we might be able to get all the sound bites, the pertinent sound bites out up front. Listen to this. This is, um, this is a, a recent media appearance by Tucker Carlson. I don't know if it's anything that he produced himself or if he's appearing on somebody else's show, I guess we'll get the context right now.
12: The second thing that bothers me is the UFO story. And, uh, you know, the more you dig into that and talk to people with, knowledge, with actual knowledge of it, again, that's a, another story where there are some, you know, fanciful ideas floating around that are just, you know, there's no evidence that they're true.
1: Oh, it's the redacted show. I like this show. But if you
12: talk to people who, you know, have actual knowledge of it, that they gathered themselves, there are parts of that story that I do not understand at all that are really, really, really dark. It's so dark that I, you know, haven't told my wife about it. I mean, I I haven't verified any of this, but this is not just stuff that I read on the Internet. I know you all are very, very grounded in that story, so I think I know you know what I'm talking about. But there's some stuff there that's just like, man, I'm not even sure what that means. There's a spiritual component there that I, I don't fully understand.
1: I wonder if, if his if his chief source on the issue is Alex Jones at this point, or who else he's spoken to. Now I can't imagine that Tucker Carlson will just take one person's theories on things or whatever and and run forward with it and that just have that the be all end all. I have to imagine that someone like him would again collect enough data from enough sources to see fact patterns kind of repeating and they're becoming a more and more validity to it over time but still it um
12: yeah um so yes that story bothers me and i think last thing i'll say that one of the reasons that we've had all the, of these disclosures and all these what 10 whistleblowers at this point and it hasn't really become front page news part of its suppression you know, parts of the government don't want you to know about it, but part of it is the public can't deal with it. It's too far out. The implications are too, um, profound. And so, and I understand that because I've heard things where I'm just like, Oh man, I, I don't even really want to know that uh, honestly.
3: Deeply disturbing stuff, you know, forget like saucers and technology. It's, yeah, deeply, yeah. No, deeply no, no, no. disturbing stuff. stuff that I haven't even told Natalie. Yep. I agree with you. It's so disturbing. Exactly. I can't even tell my kids. My kids ask me different stories about it. And I I haven't even told
9: my wife, Jennifer, yet.
1: Um, Now, people in the chat, in the, the comments are trying to wonder, like, what, is, what does this mean? What is deeply disturbing? I mean, think about that right there. I, I have not told my wife. I will not tell my wife. I won't tell any any of the kids. I don't want them to be ruined here. Now, there is this, uh, there's a Project Unity. For example, here's some of the things in the chat room, in the, in the comments. Project Unity comments and says, For anyone curious about what Tucker Carlson is scared to tell everyone, it's the following. There are intelligences beyond the threshold of our 3D space-time construct that can penetrate our dimension at will, adopting many forms that have been seen as demonic or angels, etc. through time. Why the hell is that something you can't tell your wife? Uh, what, what, so I don't understand What's going on there Now we'll, we'll go and listen to the, the rest of this Because it's almost uh, It's and just and about done And
12: interacting with these things for a long time So we know that But the justification one often hears Is will the government the government, various presidents who have been read in, not all have been, um, haven't wanted to disclose this because it would scare people. And I've always thought that's that's bullshit. You know, you're hiding a crime, which they are, by the way, in my opinion. Um, But I do think there's a sense in which that's not totally crazy. Like, there is some stuff, if it's true, and I'm kind of thinking it may be true, that's so radical that um, yeah, well, as we both said, we you know don't want to tell the people we love most about it because like, why would you, you know, disturb someone like that? So I kind of get that. I hate to admit it. I'm not, I'm not arguing for hiding things. I believe in the truth and I believe in disclosure. But I understand the impulse. Like, holy smokes, this is heavy.
1: You know? Right. Yeah. So th- here's here's what I could, first of all, when he mentions that it would be the, it would be the equivalent of hiding a crime. I really wonder what that. If you're talking about some kind of a crime, like one of those trade offs. We'll give you some of ours, you give us some of yours, you leave us, I I, I don't know. But anything that we're talking, what are the implications here? Is it the nature of demonic? The nature of interdimensional travel and interdimensional beings? I mean, we talk about Philadelphia. For everybody, that that gets very rigid when they hear people talking about aliens or any kind of non-human entities that are, a separate classification of being other than demons or aliens or demons or angels. They tend to forget about things like Montauk, about things like the Philadelphia Experiment, about things like technologies like Stargates and and portals and everything like that. Things that have been experimented with and witnesses have come forward in the past and said that they have seen things come through the other side. Things that have run rampant inside of laboratories and have run amok and have had to be put down in some way. Things that just kind of blur the lines between two different worlds that should never otherwise come together. So is that is that really what it is? I mean, you think about someone like Geordie Rose when we were talking about those episodes that we did in the past, and I'm sure it'll come up again when we talk about quantum computing. And when Jordy Rose was talking about with uh, you know with all the work that he had done with quantum computers and talking about how the technologies that are being introduced and tested right now could open doors to other universes, and some would say that he's talking theoretically. He's talking talking figuratively, but when he says that there would be entities on the other side that were comparable to the Lovecraftian great old ones, where their intelligences would just be so beyond anything that we can comprehend that we would be considered something less than insects to them. You know, I think about that all the time, because whereas I 100 believe, 100% believe that there is no artificial intelligence, no such thing as artificial intelligence. I do believe that the systems that we are building right now uh, just may become sock puppets for actual real intelligences that could be non-human. Sock puppet, sock puppet kinds of things, you know, that not only are the machines that we're building right now will become possessed that they could become by, uh, possessed by malignant spirits, but that human possession will also be widespread the more that we fuse these computers with to the brain. And we talked about that too, it's not, which is, not again, not fringe, because it's just basic World Economic Forum literature right now, that the machines that we marry to our brains in the future are not going to be just subservient to us. They're not going to be tools that we can use like we would be taking out a pocket calculator and calculating the square root of something. You know, Klaus Schwab said that the technology that people are going to start implanting in their bodies is going to become sort of a life partner. And I asked this years ago, I said, you know, what happens when a virus spreads through that network you know it's bad enough when you got malware on your computer at home and nothing's working what happens when a virus when malware gets into the chip that is in your brain and it's connected to so many other brains it's it's really crazy so i i think that there may be an aspect of that that's disturbing that there is a a very 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 close link between interdimensional beings Beings, beings that are demonic um, and, of course, the ability for them to interface with us through the technologies that are being created right now. Which is another reason why that for all the good that e, uh, Elon Musk has done in Twitter, at least giving it, a, it, it the appearance of setting itself apart from everywhere else for the meantime, uh, there, the jury is still out on everything else that he's working on, including Neuralink. So, I do think that a i has a is going to become a spiritual interface for more likely uh far more likely than a i is going to become sentient on its own. The other thing that I started thinking about, and I went and I, I grabbed it and here's another guy that we had brought up in the past, Rudolf Steiner he is an occultist a theosophist, but um he would talk a lot about especially around twenty twenty I brought him up because we were talking about his, his thoughts on how vaccines could be used to deaden, deaden the ability for people to feel the divine inside of them, which of course was inspired by those earlier articles that we didn't get too much reproduction on those articles, but they are circulating around late 2020 when AstraZeneca, like many others, were developing their shots for COVID. And apparently some people who were in the, the the trials for the AstraZeneca shot reported that they were not able to feel connection to God. They said, God is dead, God's been killed inside of me or something like that. That was uh, that was go- going around at the time. Now, whether or not that had any merit, it brought up Rudolf Steiner because it was very eerily, eerily something close to what he had been talking about in the opening years of the 20th century, like sometime around 1912 to 1918 or something like that. But listen to this. Here's what Rudolf Steiner said about spiritual, our bodies as spiritual vessels that are able to be inhabited by other spirits. He said, the spirits of darkness are now moving among us. I found this thread again on, it was just, this was September of last year. I went out and just found anything. The spirits of darkness are now among us. We have to be on guard so that we may realize what is happening when we encounter them and gain a real idea of what they are, uh, of what they are to be found, where they are to be found. The most dangerous thing you can do in the immediate future will be, give, will be to give up yourself unconsciously to the influences which are definitely present. There are beings in the spiritual realms for whom anxiety and fear emanating from human beings offer welcome food. When humans have no anxiety and fear, these creatures starve. If fear and anxiety radiates from people and they break out in panic, then these creatures find welcome nutrition and they become more and more powerful. These beings are hostile toward humanity. Everything that feeds on negative feelings, on anxiety, fear, superstition, despair, or doubt are in reality hostile forces in in super-sensible worlds launching cruel attacks on human beings while they are being fed. Therefore, it is above all necessary to begin that the person who enters the spiritual world becomes fear or overcomes fear and feelings of helplessness, despair, and anxiety but these are exactly the feelings that belong to contemporary culture and materialism. He's talking about the early, the early 1900s, too. I mean, we are all purely materialistic, purely driven by fear and greed and anger and lust. Because it estranges people, it estranges people from the spiritual world. It is especially suited to evoke hopelessness and fear of the unknown in people, thereby calling up the above-mentioned hostile forces against them. And I have told you that the spirits of darkness are going to inspire their human hosts in whom they will be dwelling to find a vaccine that will drive all inclination towards spirituality out of people's souls when they are still very young. And this will happen in a roundabout way throughout the living body. Today, bodies are vaccinated against one thing or another, and the future children will be vaccinated with a substance which it will certainly be possible to produce, and this will make them immune so that they do not develop foolish inclinations connected with the spiritual life. Foolish here, of course, in the eyes of materialists, a way that will finally be found to vaccinate bodies so that they, these bodies will not allow the inclination towards spiritual ideas to develop. Now, that second part about the injectables and what he thought would be a, a little bit more of a medical intervention against the immuniza- immunization of the soul against dark, spiritual forces to keep them trapped in purely the material while being ignorant to what is the true nature of the universe that is really secondary to everything else that's going on here in this in in this uh in this statement being made i have a feeling and i obviously i have no access to tucker carlson but i'd love to be able to bring this up with him and see whether or not that's the that's it there has to be a spiritual assault aspect to this it can't just be that there was little green men there were some you know three and a half four foot grays that came in and crashed here and there and we shot them down with scalar weapons and in new mexico somewhere and we kind of divvied up all the debris and the bodies to one base or another and reverse engineered technology and 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 autopsies and all that stuff That would be interesting in itself, but it's still, that's not dark enough to where you wouldn't want to tell your wife, you know, this has got to go to depths unimaginable. I wonder if we're talking about human animal hybrids. I wonder if we're talking about human alien hybrids like Dr. David Jacobs would talk about for so many years. I I wonder if that has anything to do with deep underground military bases it might be a collection of a lot of things, which is why I am never, never holding myself to any, any standard too rigid to explain or deny what may be going on. That's what I, that's how I approach this. So what do you think about this? Because I know that some of you are very split on whether or not we are receiving visitors from out of space, but just because something travels inter, interdimensionally doesn't mean that they're not non-physical, you know? Uh, is it inner Earth? Is it underground bases? Is it the knowledge that Earth is going to be shifting soon? I don't know. I don't know. That would be uh, that would be something. And I really wish I had a direct line to Tucker Carlson because these are the types of things I don't want to let go. But we're going to take some of your calls in just a second. So fire up your call, your numbers, and your your phones. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. We'll be back in a flash.
12: Alright, Grandma, since it's your 91st Christmas, I decided to get you something extra special this year. Because you're amazing. Let me know what you think.
8: Oh, I love it! Do you? I do! Well, why don't you
3: show everybody what you got?
8: <laughs> got you, b***!
11: You're listening, to quite frankly.
5: I want you to hold me, oh, hold me closer, closer, closer.
2: If I hold you any closer, I'll be in back of you. Oh, why can't we break away from all this? Just you and I, and lodge with my fleas in the hills. I mean, flee to my lodge in the hills. And you can say it was a real love match. We married for money. Ain't eh, my shrinking, Violet? Say, it wouldn't hurt you to shrink. 30 or 40 pounds. Oh, you impudent cad! Why, you're one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, and that's not saying much for you. Why don't you marry me? Why, marry you? You take me, and I'll take a vacation. I'll need a vacation if we're going to get married.
13: But you're the man I've been dreaming
2: of. What do you eat before you go to bed? Yes, I don't think I've ever seen four more beautiful eyes in my life. Well, three, anyway. I could dance with you till the cows come home. Yeah. On second thought, I'd rather dance with the cows till you come home. Huh. I mean your eyes, your eyes. They shine like the pants of a blue-sided suit.
8: What? I welcome you with open arms.
2: Is that so? How late do you stay open?
8: Why, I've never been so insulted in my
12: life.
2: Well, it's early yet. He's had a change of heart. A lot of good that'll do him. He's still got the same face. I hadn't intended to make a speech at all, but you certainly succeeded. This lady is my wife. You should be ashamed. If this lady is your wife, you should be ashamed. She looks as healthy as any woman I've ever met. You don't look as though you ever met a healthy woman. What? Haven't we seen each other somewhere before? I don't think so. I'm not sure I'm seeing you now. It must be something I ate. Remember, you're fighting for this woman's honor, which is probably more than she ever did. Why don't you go home to your wife? I'll tell you what, I'll go home to your wife, and outside of the improvements, you'll never know the difference. Can you sleep on your stomach with such big buttons on your pajamas? So, you didn't think I was a real detective, eh? Uh, if you're a detective, I'm a monkey's uncle. Keep your family out of this. Oh, please. $9.40, this is an outrage. If I were you, I wouldn't pay it. Well, that covers a lot of ground. Say, you cover a lot of ground yourself. You better beat it, I hear they're gonna tear you down and put up an office building where you're standing. I thought this cigar was in my other suit. I wish you were in your other suit, and your other suit was being pressed. No mango.
1: groucho marks for you haven't played that clip in a while so no this will be nice the second half all right it's eight thirty-nine. i want to take some calls we are having a good time here having a good time we've talked about chestnuts we've talked about christmas we've talked a little bit about the unknown and so much more what do you got for us i want to hear from you 914-200-0269 um, and I have a couple of things here that I will, okay, hold on, let me play, let me play something for you. Here, is, uh, our, this kid, this kid's name is Nikki Cass, Nikki Cass, and I think he's from Jersey or New York. Anyway, he's got, he's got the local stuff down so good. It makes me, it, it just makes me so happy to see it for some reason. And I'll talk to you in a, in a second. Let me take a call here. Uh, 216, you're on the air. Go ahead.
11: Hi, Frank. Um, Regarding the Clayton Morris-Tucker Carlson interview... Yes, go ahead. um, First of all, I think if there's any young... Anyone under maybe 15 listening, they probably shouldn't be. Okay. Um, A big part of what they're talking... They were referring to... Because I've been listening to Clayton for a long time. And entities have made a deal with governments around the world that we allow a certain number of people to be taken by them off planet and uh very awful things going on um besides eating them and using the blood and impregnating young girls um and a reason that so many people are telling their children not to go in national parks anymore because national parks are a breeding ground for them taking bodies off-planet. And a lot of the missing children, missing adults have to do with this program and the deal that the governments have made with the off-planet entities. It's kind of like if they share some of their technology and we give them a certain quota of people. Um, it's kind of like win-win situation, and there's nobody's winning anything. But yeah, that's yeah. what the, that's what they're referring to.
1: Okay, and you know that's something that's something that I have, um, you know, I've I've yeah. considered and we've talked about before. But it's, here's the thing: whereas, first of all, missing four one one cases. I know we haven't had David, we haven't had David Politis on this show yet, but we have mm-hmm. had um, John Souza on the show many times in the past. And the last time he was on, it was to mm-hmm. promote the latest 411, the UFO connection that that he was on with David Politis. And this included people um, who survived these things um, that, mm-hmm. that were, of course, more so with the national parks where you turn around, someone who was right behind you is gone. Um, everything about that right there adds something to the, it adds something to the conversation that is really so above and beyond into the strange and the paranormal that it's, you, 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 you have to start considering things outside of what you, you want it to be true. Like, I know a lot of people out there just want to simplify this and say, oh, it's demons and, um, and, and that's it. But there's something else going on here now. When, and, yep. and, and thank you for the call there on this one in particular, too. Do you have anything else you want to add before we I, I go to the next one?
11: Another really good resource on a lot of this information is Carrie Cassidy with Project Camelot.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Frank. I'm writing Love that. Th- thank you so much. Love you, too. Be well. Um, so the other thing I would put up, the, the one thing I, I have to keep asking myself is what do we really have to barter with? That's what I keep asking myself. That's why I say that if this is real, then the aliens are the ones who are in charge. It, I, I mean, maybe they're the ones at the top of the pecking order, non-human entity, something of a different categorization of being that we aren't able to comprehend right now, or we've only heard legend and lore about, because what do we have to, well, you get elected president, you get nominated CIA director you're a you're the head of a uh, of a major defense contractor and suddenly you're able to negotiate with creatures that are either immortal or represent civilizations that could be hundreds of thousands if not millions of years older to, and more advanced than we are and there's some kind of collateral that you have what would we be able to do to stand in between any non-human entity whether they be interdimensional or otherwise that are here to feed off of human beings how would we stop them and why would they even have to barter with us that's what i don't understand i would love for somebody to talk about that uh someone who at least has kicked around the idea or have done has done interviews uh with with people who speak to pertinent uh, information and uh, and testimony pertinent to that particular question. I, what do we have to? Just, and it's just like the whole disclosure thing. What does earthly gaggles of people that we call governments? What power do we have to stop revelation of the the presence of one group of beings or another if they want to be known? How the hell could we ever? Go, don't look. How you know? That's the one thing that gets me. That gets me with the whole thing, and that's where I've really started taking a step back about the about it all. And those are the bigger questions that I I want I want to know because I don't see how if we're dealing with civilizations or entities that are that much more advanced or immortal, for we're having some some sort of conversation about biblical type entities then where the hell is it that the government or any earthly government has the authority or the capability to keep us from finding out what the hell's going on if they, in fact, indeed want to be known about? They they, they want to be known. Uh, And and if they didn't want to be known, then they could not reveal themselves to anybody. I just don't get it. But um, it doesn't make sense. It certainly is dark, though. That's certainly dark. The capability, and, and that's what I brought up with uh, Timothy Alberino last week too, when we discussed the the face peelers and how um, the kind of incisions and things that were made very, very along the same lines of what we have we have had uh, people like Linda Moulton Howe report on over the years in in great detail about cattle mutilation and uh, all the stories about Skinwalker Ranch, things that are going on there. Now you can just as ma- you can just as easily say that Skinwalker Ranch. That could just be one of those designated areas where the uh, undeclared government technology is being rolled out, and things are being worked on. And and uh, and along the way, there's a psychological warfare aspect of it, where not only are you getting to test out new technology on organic life forms, but you're also getting to freak people out and get them to think that it's coming from something that's not human. But then you have the I don't know that but 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 there's there's overlap between Skinwalker Ranch and Missing 411 and the kinds of things that are seen and heard in the woods around the time that people are whisked away that kind of translucent swinging from tree to tree like their predator that there's something out there um uh, that that gets me thinking that gets me think that's get that gets my mind off of Christmas for a little while man Four one three, you're on the air. Go ahead.
13: Hey, thanks, Grady. Graden Sharp from uh,
1: Massachusetts. It's great to have you. You said um, Grady, you said Grady.
13: Graden. Grady. Graden.
1: Graden. It's great to have you on.
13: Yeah. How are you doing?
1: Doing well. Go ahead.
13: Um, good. I want to get back to some of your light stuff. Chestnuts.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um,
13: there's something called a horse chestnut. It's fairly common, and it looks like a chestnut. It's a smaller tree. It's basically not edible So I'm wondering if that's what's maybe growing around
1: you. Yes, I think you're right Yeah, I think you're right Um, cuz I think yeah That's it. Yeah, it's a horse chestnut I and now that you're saying this my grandfather I remember my grandfather saying those are horse chestnuts and I'm looking at this now and the 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 outer the outer casing is exactly the one that we have it is a hard outer casing shell with spikes but it does not have that hairy kind of a look that the either the american or the chinese ones have
13: now you got me wondering about chinese chestnuts if they um grow anywhere in the country and if um, well if they've gotten rid of them because of a blight
1: let me see here now I, I still have the american chestnut one here um i'm putting them up on the screen right now American chestnuts—they are relatively small, a half inch to one inch in diameter. The tips of American chestnuts mm-hmm. are pointed. Uh, the nuts are hairy. Oh, <laughs> over one third to two thirds of length from the pointed end. Vascular bundles in a sunburst pattern on the uh, what is that? The the hilum, the hilum end, and two to three nuts in each burr. So there's a cluster of two to three nuts in each in each burr there. Now on the Chinese side of things, and they they're not talking about like uh, geographic location here but on the side right. chi- on the s- chinese side of things you have they're relatively large three uh three quarters to two inches in diameter tips of the chinese chestnuts are rounded only the tips of the nuts are hairy so they're um they come in about two to three nut bundles as well but as far as geographical location i can't find i can't oh you can see the th- the leaves but where where are they you'd think i don't know
13: yeah um also i haven't have have had a problem with subscribe i tried sending a super chat earlier it doesn't tell me if it went through or not
1: oh on subscribe so I wait well, well subscribe star subscribe star has a has a tip option for monthly subscribers in case they want right. to you Which know but that's but that's one of those things that you don't uh, the a i don't see in the middle of a show the, oh. the, I'll, I'll see that after the show and I'll write back to you and I'll thank you and we'll talk and all that stuff, which I really appreciate, but if you ever wanted to send something in the middle of the show, that's the, the link, the quite frankly com link, that I set that up oh, okay. I set that up separately so that um it would be a little bit easier, so you let me know if you have a hard time with that, and I'll check Subscribestar after the show, and, and I'll get back to you on other things too
13: Okay, great
1: well, it's great okay, to I love he- the show. Well, oh, thank you, Grady. It's great to hear from you.
13: Okay, Merry Christmas. Um, um, Merry Christmas. Uh, Laura, uh,
1: Laura. Yeah, to you and yours as well. You, you so you say you're in Massachusetts? Yep. That's great. That's great. We have a lot of friends up there in Massachusetts. That's another place I can probably do a meetup, and it would be really, really well attended. I hope you show up one day, oh, Grady. Be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you show up. Well, you know, we'll all go to a Red Sox game together. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you soon.
13: Okay. Bye-bye.
1: I I actually would go to a Red Sox game again, Uh, especially since the Yankees are going to be probably riding high for a couple of seasons until uh, all the investments they're making right now break down. Nine, whatever. And I saw the Cowboys lost uh, as well. I wasn't able to watch it, but I saw that they lost. Uh, Somebody on the Sunday stream asked me if I would take the, the over under. I think it was 49 points and I said um I I, t- I I took the Cowboys as a slight favorite to win even though they were on the road that didn't pan out obviously but I did say I would take the under at 49 points I take the under and I would have won on that if I just had bet on the over under so so yeah 852 horse chestnut horse chestnut that's what i got near me they are not edible i'm so happy i didn't go up there and try to roast any of those as soon as grady said that i remember my grandfather saying it horse chestnuts as i would walk up there the park with him and we walk around and i pick up the chestnuts and throw them and all that stuff and he'd tell me what they all were all right let's take another call one more call four four three you're on the air we had great calls tonight go ahead Is this Frank? It is. Who's this? It's it's Rob. Frank, how you doing, bud? Hey, Rob, how are you? You really do sound different on the phone. Well, I'm sorry. Is, is, that, is that a bad thing?
13: No, 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 it's not. Not okay. at all. Actually, um, I have a chestnut joke.
1: Okay, not a story, but it's great. I, I will. This is great. Go ahead. So,
3: what do you call nuts um, on the chest?
1: What do you call a what? Nuts on a chest. What do you call nuts on a chest? What do you call them? Chest nuts? <laughs> of course. What do you call nuts on a wall? Nuts on a wall. I would yep. have to. I would have to take a. I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say walnuts. Yep, you're right. What do you call nuts on the chin? Uh, wait, a nut on a chin. Nuts on the chin. Yep. What, what is nuts on the chin? These nuts. A mouthful <laughs> yes yes okay that's good that's good all right frank love you brother i uh, love you too i i really appreciate people calling in with jokes and one night i would want i want to have a uh i want to have a joke bizarre kind of a night come come in take a joke leave a joke that would be good i'm glad we i'm glad we got at least one chestnut joke in tonight Let's see here. Uh, I'm going into the Super Chats again just to make sure that we get everybody. Let's see. Car Guys, New England says, Frank, sign us up for a Red Sox game. Yes, I am. Laura says, I watched you this morning on SGT. It was a great show. So I am Laura. Is this your first time watching the show? Is that what you're saying? I watched you this morning. It was a great show. And is it so then you came and you found me and, and now you're watching us right now on Quite QuiteFrankly.tv? And pill.net, let me know. That's a that would be interesting. You can email me after the show. I'd love to hear from you. Quite frankly, podcast at gmail.com. Jay Britt says, Frank, I believe you must be talking about D's nuts. Yes, indeed, I am. Stove Soup says, tape, Frank, uh, tape, Frank. My wife and I said I use two pieces of tape. It's like an origami, my man, master wrapper here. Tuck the corners just right. No tape necessary. No tape? Well, I mean, listen, I know my, my whole thing is probably measurement because I get the box in the middle of the thing. I, I, I fold it over so I know that at least it's, it's, it's fine that way. And then I know about it's almost like folding the tops in like you're making a paper airplane so a flap comes down. You can get a piece of tape in there. And the other one flap comes up, get a piece of tape in there. My instinct always tells me to get at least one more piece of tape down the center seam. I just want that thing to be sealed up. It's just something I do. Um, but thank you. Let's see here. Let's see. Over on quite frankly, quite powered by Foxhole and Pilled. Let's see what else we have in the super in the uh, the gold pills as we're about to wrap up for tonight. Let's see. Uh, moving up a little bit, moving up. Okay, here we go. The Sentinel says, Molly Artie and I made Christmas cookies with the granddaughter Sunday. It was a great seasonal fun. I can't wait to show my father on Friday that there are some of you out there who have already used our family recipe to make the dolls. And that is all on the Quite Frankly forum, Quite quitefrankly.tv. It's stuck to the top, family Christmas recipe thread. I'll start, and I gave you the the dolls. After that, people have just been giving up the goods. Giving up the goods, there, man. There's plenty for you to to uh, fiddle with here over the next seven days. If you have Christmas parties going to, if you're the one hosting for Christmas, if you have a um, the, you know Christmas Eve or something that somebody else is hosting, and you don't want to go empty-handed, you want to make a dessert, you want to make something else. Get onto quite frankly and go to the forum, and I've stuck that to the top of the of the uh, the forum there with other ones Family Christmas Recipe Thread and we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow night on the Tuesday show and I guess I'll do all these other things that I thought were funny tomorrow as well alright back over there to Pilled let's see hold on a second I'm sorry my my computer is just so so unresponsive it's so unresponsive it's just killing me. Just wanted to get some atmosphere back. The Sentinel. Thank you. Uh, Braves Piano. Thank you. The Sentinel again. says She is seven and was focused over an hour. But at that age, after 90 minutes, she was through. Still enjoyed much and love building memories and nostalgia. Keep up the good work, Frank. That's all that matters. Chai Possum. Thank you. Jay Sem and Sean Joe. Thank you so much. That's it for tonight. Um, I'll have more on this tomorrow, uh, more great Christmas cheer from some of the audience members and things like that, and um, and we'll talk about that at another time. So, thank you guys, have a good one, and tomorrow night for the Tuesday show, I'll be looking for you at 7 o'clock. In the meantime, if you're already on QuiteFrankly.tv, and many hundreds, and I, if, I, if I'm going to do the old formula of timesing it by 2 or 3, there's still a good amount of people watching live right now. Um, you're going to be treated to a great after-hours programming. It's Monday night. We've got Christmas picks all throughout the week and into the weekend, so you don't have to go anywhere. Put it on full screen, cast it to your television, and go about your business. Wrap some Christmas presents. Quite frankly, after-hours is brought to you right now without moving in your chair. So good night, and thank you guys and gals for everything. I'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock.
7: I'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Quite frankly, it's film before a live studio audience and now our super chatters, starting with Car Guys New England. Yes, I am Laura, Jay Britz, StosTube, Car Guys New England, StosTube again, Jay Britz again, and Q Cooper. I look forward to you all tomorrow. Thank you for your gold pills. Thank you for the rumble rants and have a wonderful evening. I'll get in that chat room before long to say hello and toast all of you. Good night.